Hi, welcome to Vaguely Music. I'm Kelsey Jacobson. I'm Ryan Strumpler. And we are happy to have you here for our second episode. So. Yeah, I got nothing. Go ahead. Fair. All right, fair. I think we are... I actually forgot what we're talking about. So we're talking about our first experiences. I'm taking over this. This is Ryan Run. Ew. Okay. All right. So we're talking about our first experiences in bands. Oh, right. Not like gigging bands, not professional, not the clean cut like, oh, this would make me look good. This is my first amateur experience. No, we're talking like raw first awful bands. That's right. And I am lucky enough that I was before social media, so there's no evidence. Yeah, there's a little bit on for me, and I'm going to get a lot of kickback because there's some like really bad stuff. But like, you got to stay tuned so you can find out. Oh. All right, so what was your first band? All right, well, first off, uh, it did, but before I go in, I just want to say that we had our first big rehearsal for the Winter of Rock, and it was awesome. It was a glowing thing for my day, and I really appreciated it. So It was really good. Now that anybody who heard that, like, you can't use that excuse to like, go practice, like, shut this off and go practice. Don't shut this off. Shut it off at the end. Well, luckily, this won't be until next week. So. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I hope you did a good job next week, too. So my first band didn't really have a name. It was one of my like. Didn't you just say it had a name? I just no 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 like my first group. My first band had a name. It was Silverwind. My first group. Oh okay, all right. Was when I was eleven. I'd been playing the guitar for about two years, and I knew approximately three chords. And I was so bad. I was so bad at my guitar. Like my parents loved me, and so they would just deal with me just like half practicing. No wait, did you rehearse? At your house? No, no. There was just, just I would just strum the acoustic. I had an acoustic um, that uh, my mother had got for trading in my brother's viola because Clayton was awful at viola and made all the cats and neighbors screech. So after he gave up viola, we all thanked the Lord and my mother returned it because I wanted to play guitar. So she bought me an acoustic guitar and I was awful at that. But like my best friend Brett was like, he's like, hey dude, like do you want to start a band? And he was like, I also play some guitar. And I was like, okay, like, I really only know, like, G, C, and D, and I don't know how to play in time, and I know the E minor pentatonic scale, so, like, let's go, boys. <laughs> um, and we had this dude, Pat, singing, and <coughs> there's this scene in, in Family Guy on this episode where um, Meg becomes a singer, and they, like, have a big single, gonna, gonna, gonna find me a ra- buy me a rainbow or whatever, and it's Peter, Quagmire, all these, like, the main four adult characters, and they all sitting up and they're about to play a jailhouse and they go, one, two, three, four. Oh man, we don't know how to play our instruments. And that is exactly what it <laughs> felt like. Like we were like, it was Pat singing, Brett playing a lead electric guitar and me playing, yeah, lead guitar. I was the rhythm guitar player. Um, and <laughs> Did it hurt your soul at that point? No, I was just like, I can't do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then uh, I was playing acoustic and Brett was like, all right, let's do this. And we all sat in a room and I was like, I have no idea how to like, like at this point in my life, I was like heavy into rap music. Like. Ah, yeah. So live band really was a logical no, decision? No, I liked, I liked a lot of Jay-Z, 50 Cent, The Game. Uh, I was into like all the members of G-Unit. Their like solo albums were like my go-to in that G-Unit album. <laughs> I had an Eminem record. And then I really liked The Final Countdown. That was my other, that was like my song. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so this was progression from the Venga Boys. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jack, Jack throwing it in in the back there. Yeah. So we all gathered together and we tried writing a song and I just like strummed like a couple chords, like just like G, G. And then I would just like play the pentatonic scale whenever I wanted. Like no semblance. And like just for a little background for people, like my family is non-musical. Like my cousin Brad's an amazing bass player um, for like Primus and and that kind of stuff. And the Disney band we're in. Um, put that together. So <laughs> my my brother studies public health. He's an epidemiologist. My sister went to Bryant University, has like she played piano for like six months and sorry Meg, you were awful. My father has like no musical background and my mother just likes to make up songs. She'll just be like when I was younger, she'd be like, instead of Chuck E. Cheese, where a kid could be a kid, she'd be like, Home Depot, where a kid could be a kid and like all this stuff. <laughs> So, like, nobody in my family is musical. I've had, like, no training. I found out my great-grandfather played violin, but, like, he was in a band, but I didn't find that out until now, like, a couple weeks ago. Um, now relative. So, I, like, I don't come from a background, like, where I knew what, what the heck a song was made of. Yeah. So, like, we just, like, we sounded like what? It was so bad. And like, did you have one member that was really good? No, that was None me. That was me. Okay, and I no, was no, no. what? No, so, so I had when, oh, how old are you? Were, did, I was were you 11. High, okay, so you were pre high school. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the first group that I think I organized independently was early high school. And at that point. See, that's cheating. That's cheating right there. Well, no, because I was involved in so much organized stuff when I was younger than that, that was music, that it was like, my, for those of you who don't know, my whole family, my mother is a singer, my father is a sound engineer, my sister is also involved in music, like, my grandfather was very musically inclined, even though he wasn't a musician, um, so there's just, I had a ton of music, and because my mother was a musician, she would put me in plays, and this, and that, and, and, and it was always organized. So my first unorganized or self-organized and equally unorganized uh, was high school. But we had one guy who was the bassist who was just a freak. Well, that's an anomaly. And he really made everything go. He, he was the guy. He was quiet. He just came in, laid his stuff down. And I was going through, of course, because it was like 2001, maybe, 2002. And I was troubled. So I loved Evanescence. And of course, all my songs were like, here's my sweet Evanescence jams that will make you sad and angry inside. And he was like, I got you. Here's some sick bass lines to go under those. Those so, cheesy, cheesy <laughs> ass lyrics. So when I say an anomaly, it's not so much that like a good bass player is an anomaly. That's not. A lot of bands have awesome bass players. It's that in high school, you usually don't find a bass player who is nasty. Like... No, That's... he was, no, actually, so funny enough, the girl who was our guitarist, I'm sorry, Andrea, but this was the fact, she was our guitarist, guitarist, and she was, she was really bad at the time, but she was a really awesome person, but I will put this caveat in that she then went on, and I think that was what started getting her on the track of like, wow, I really like music enough to want to play it. And she went to Berkeley wow, and she's I now a singer songwriter. Can't wait for her to subtweet you. Yeah. Like, I mean, it might happen. It's, but... it's not where you begin. It's where you end <laughs> and that... then tag double bar. Oh, that's so good. Well, cause double bars where you end. Oh, oh, oh there you go. I like that. That's for you, Dave. Um, so yeah, no, but that was, that was totally it. So she wasn't very good. 
But then our bassist was really good, and so he would kind of like show her what to play. And then uh, my boyfriend at the time was the drummer. Oh wow! So you know, life's changed a lot. Yeah, <laughs> kids, don't date the people you're in a band with unless you end up because you don't. You know, you never know. You could end up making multiple bands with the people that you marry. That that was my you know, move. Yeah, that was my move. Yeah, I figure you know if it works. Stick with it. So that's an interesting thing. Just a side note is that like there's a good chunk of relationships of working musicians who are either dating or married that don't work out. Yeah, it's it's more than hard. not. Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. So. Yeah, Tom and I were dating first and then maybe about a year and a half into us dating is when we kind of started the first band that we were in together which was the moldy suitcases and that kind of happened he was still at school going to school for music mass yeah world class within reach (laughs) within reach just grab some suitcases and you're good to go no yeah so he he joined in and it kind of just started as like a a, i don't know what concept like it was just like a yeah so you grabbed some suitcases we literally grabbed suitcases out of the basement and and hit them and that became the drum set. But but it was weird and it was fun and no stress when we were not gigging. And everything was like, it was just like a fun opportunity to like hang out and make music together. But, but then when we started gigging and then when we started gigging a lot, like there was a period where we were gigging at least once a weekend. Um, and for a band, a niche band like ours, that's actually really incredible. Um, but... It, that's when it got stressful. That's when it was like, if one of us was cranky, if one of us had worked too hard previously, if it was just like burnout mode and then we'd be snipping at each other and then we had to drive home in the same car. That's always fun. So, side note, I know you know this story, but when I lived at 810 Smith Neck Road when I went to college, my uh, landlord, Alex uh, Alex Costa and Helder Costa, Helder was Alex's father, uh, whenever he would come home, because I rented out a house from somebody who... You used to, you know, um, fly out and then, you know, in September and come home uh, around the the summer. And Helder would come in and he would always tell me about how one of the music professors, Marcel, you know, he was like asking me in the program, you know, how the program is. And he'd be like, yeah, one of the music professors, her daughter plays in a band and the drummer literally plays suitcases. <laughs> so I heard about this band for about three and a half, four years. We were like the highlight of the UMass Dartmouth because... I feel like a lot of what came out of UMass Dartmouth was like kind of indie, indie trash. Run the, oh my god, that's so mean. Indie rock fusion. I use yeah. fusion like very lightly. But, yeah. But uh, do you know what I mean? Like a lot of them were jazz musicians, so you got a little bit of that bleed in, and then they were like indie rock. Yeah, and I, I say that in jest. Like a lot of bands, like I really liked Creature from Del Pond growing yes. up. I really liked uh, Fly Kite Canvas. Uh, there's a band Sick Vita that was more like pop punk that I enjoyed. So there was a lot of bands coming out of the UMass Dartmouth that I actually really did enjoy. So I say that in jest more about the school than the people. Yeah. Yeah. But we were kind of the outliers on that one. Mainly because I think we were also the only band that wasn't just all college age kids. So like Tom was the youngest one and then me. And then the next member had like 10 years on me. And then... The, our other member was old enough. He was as old as my father, yeah. who will be eternally young. <laughs> but but I think there was there was just like it was a weird 
crossing of generations. It was a weird, like, harken back to the old jazz thing. It was, like, all kinds of weird stuff. But, yeah, we were, like, wildfire on on people's tongues in New Master Art Myth for, yeah. for a while. Yeah, it was Years. just, it was definitely pretty cool to hear about. So, that ties me back. <clears throat> Silly Names brings me back. My first real band, gigging band, as in high school talent shows and coffee house, was a band called Silverwind. Now, if you look this up, there is cringeworthy photo videos of me, which I'll link in the bio, because you shouldn't pull them up yet. We're just going to, don't worry, Jack. We'll leave them in the bio. Um, so, we used to play um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. We played Under the Bridge and Layla. And then we did the we did a cover of my guitar teacher's band, Blindside. Andy was my guitar teacher growing up, and I loved his. He had a, like a progressive oh, wait. metal band in high school. So wait, so. the first group that you were in? Oh, that dissolved. I'm sorry. No, so, no, no, yeah. no, no. But but the first group that you were in, mm -hmm. were you trying to play covers or were you just kind of making? We just right. We just bashing our instruments, and then like three years later, I got an electric guitar, um, and with a bunch of different buddies, I um, I formed a band. So it was my buddy Kelsey uh, on on vocals. He was a guy. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, like kind of like like the the Irish thing, you know. Kelsey Grammer. Uh, yeah. Um, so my buddy Sean Ryan on bass, who I think lived in Germany for like a handful of years, and you can Sean, you can always just at me and tell me I'm wrong. Um, and my my best friend Matt on oh, rhythm guitar. Uh, what? The at me. Yeah, at me. I don't like it yeah. without the come at me. I don't like that. No, don't I'm at just me. Just throwing that out. But anyway, so, continue. My, my best friend on the planet, sorry, sorry, John and, and Rob and Millmore, but my best friend on the planet, Matt, um, played rhythm guitar. And my buddy Matt is like an incredible metal guitar player. He plays in an awesome metal band called The Beacon Project. He's a drummer, composer, singer, lyric writer. And um, we had like two guitars, voice, and then some. we had our buddy Ryan, um, played cowbell and he just ran around and played cowbell so we did a cover of my guitar teacher's old band and they, you know to this day I really do like that music that Andy wrote in high school too my old teacher uh, and then we did the Pokemon theme song and that was but I'm trying really hard not to swear but it was really bad um, and then we did uh, a couple other songs I tried desperately to black this out of my memory because it was just so bad and then that band broke up because I was a jerk and a pompous. I was a guitar player. I was 16. I was pompous. I could like play really fast. So I was already pompous. Oh, wow. Adam Neely, everybody. Jack pulled up in the live stream. So He's working really hard back there. So that band broke up because uh, like the cowbell player left and that broke the integrity of the band. <laughs> oh, and it was Kevin Cavanaugh, my old high, uh, elementary school friend on drums. Sorry, Kevin. Um, yeah, the, once the cowbell player left, straight up the band dissolved. It was crazy, awesome. crazy. Awesome. We played on last gig, and then I was so mad because like they they ended up wanting to form a couple people wanted to play, and so they kind of formed a band without me. So I took Matt, and we formed a metal band. Um, and then two years later, that band reunited, but with horns, a different bass player, because Sean and I had like different bands at that point um you know we were there needed to be some level of competition in high school we were all trash so it didn't matter um so we formed that same band but with horns and that's where my roommate played saxophone oh. yeah okay and and uh my other friend colin colford played trombone and then 
um, cowbell guy became second trombone guy. Right. So we and had, I, I love how much you love trombones. I hate trombones. But those guys were like good friends of mine. But trombones are awful. <laughs> they sound like so bad. So, right. yeah. No, I never, so that group, that high school group, never, we never did covers. We only did original music. We only wrote original music. Oh, that's a, that's a power move. It was it. We had like probably eight songs that we ended up with, I want to say, in completion. Including, of course, the, like the interlude song because anyone in that <laughs> you can't, you can't see it if you're just listening. But I'm just like, just like giving this like that really face, just yeah, like all right. Yeah. But it was like 2001, 2002. You have to have an interlude in 2001, 2002. So we had an interlude. I don't know. Fifty Cent didn't have an interlude in the club. It was just like, he's just ready to go. Whatever. We weren't in the club. We were really sad and angsting. And writing interludes. And that was our state of mind. And yeah, so no covers whatsoever. It was just all original stuff. And we rehearsed in the basement at my house, at my dad's house. So he sat through all of that oh, noise he, and was like... He must have loved you. Yeah, he loved you. Well, no, you know what? I think I think he uh, I think he actually did love it because he's, he's a sound engineer. So he loves like capturing sound so for him he would like he set us up it was like he was like oh use the bass amp that i happen to have three of sitting in, he's still like this if you ever it's like anything yeah. i asked my father for i'm like oh yeah i need to go pick up one of these and he's like oh hold on i have 45 of them in my basement you it's can true have one. it's true yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. played uh, on um kelsey sisters kim's music video i mimed apart stepping out yeah which Hashtag is a jam by the way kimber dashley oh Check that out. yeah we're gonna link that in the bio we're gonna link <laughs> that which uh, and so i go to kelsey's father's house and he just like and I, you know, it was the first time he had ever met me and he pulls out like this. Context at this point. Actually, Ryan and I didn't really know each other. Yeah. No. This was pre-Ryan at Double Bar. Mm-hmm. He had made the connection with Kim through UMass Dartmouth and he was not yet a so, staff member. Yeah. Yes. So this was, I, I studied under um, Kelsey's mother, Marcel. She ran a class. Then Kim came in looking for musicians in that class and just kind of handpicked what she needed. Yep. Um, like she needed a sax player. Uh, and a guitar player, a couple sax players. So she just kind of picked who she needed. Um, and I go in, and Kelsey's father is just like, yeah, check out this amp. It's like from like 1947. And I played it, and it was like amazing. And it just was like as tall as me, just like one big, like, just like, oh, just like big speaker. It was, it sounded so yep. good. So, he provided, yep. oh, no, wait, I think Tom did actually bring his own drums. Yeah. I'm so pretty sure. Just, but my dad, I mean, he's just one of those those freakish people. Where it's just like he he hangs on to everything that's good to go. So that's how he set us up, though. Oh, we used a rock band mic for our singer. <laughs> just plugged it into an extra guitar amp. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, Kelsey. Yeah, he was a trooper. That hurts. He was a trooper. That hurts my soul. Yeah. So I'll never forget my last show with that band. My buddy Matt had, uh, he had, he was riding on top of a car, like all kids. He was like, hey, Matt, jump on top of the car. And he was like, oh, okay. And then they went 20 and he fell off and broke his foot. <laughs> like, so he couldn't play drums in the band. Um, that day, uh, or in anything. So he played bass. Um, and so we're about to go up on stage, uh, for our last performance ever. And I'm like, look, you know, I'm getting ready. And we're walking down the hall for the, cause like the coffee house is set up where there was like a couple, like hundred people. And we're like the last act of the night. And we're walking up like on backstage, they had set up a backstage and it's my senior year, my last performance. I'm very excited. And my buddy, Matt, and I love him to death. Uh, he's like, he's my best friend. 
and, and he's like a little shorter than me and he's got he had like frazzled hair at this point like my same kind of build although he'll say he's more jack now because he's yeah but that's that's irrelevant <laughs> matt you're weak like if you're listening to this like at me um and so he looks at me in these beady eyes and I'm like matt you ready to go he's like yeah 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 and i'm like yes i'm with my best friend he looks at me he's like just one question ryan i was like what he's like what are the chords to the song and i was like what we're like walking up on stage and i was like yeah i guess we never really did talk about it huh and That's so terrible. that was the way that band functioned. That's how you went out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But that was just the general vibe. So. All right. So speaking of, speaking of awkward gear, mm-hmm. right? What? Because like, obviously you, you go through all these awkward band situations. You go through all this like weird, like, oh, we got to rehearse with what we have. And then through that, you figure out. I guess what works and doesn't work, right? For you and what Mostly you just what doesn't. You just <laughs> correct what doesn't. Like I'm still Find correcting what doesn't doesn't work. Yeah. What's what's like what's what you use? Like what's your go-to if you're just like bare bones like I want to have this. So, I say that I can do every gig I've ever been called for with with like like three pedals, an amp, and my guitar. If I have a tuner, a delay, a distortion, I can get away with like any gig. Okay. That's just like the bare minute. Now I have like 17 pedals because I'm a guitar player, but I I will usually just bring those. And then some people say like, well, a wah. And yeah, a wah or something. Or if a song calls like when you're doing police or anything, but those are my three. I've got a distortion, a delay. I really like the Boss DD3 and then a tuning pedal. But the most important thing of my entire setup, I can really use whatever amp, I'll figure it out or whatever delay or distortion. I bought this strat. My parents, um, so I, I wasn't a you know I wasn't a great student. So when I I hustled and I got into UMass uh, and really cared about school, my parents were like, and I, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go to school for music. You know, like you, I'm gonna go pre creative. Like and my parents were like, yeah, duh, it's what you like. Don't waste our time. Like also, you have to go to school. We're just glad you're going. So they very they were very loving and said, well, if you're gonna go to school for music we got to get you a professional guitar. And so I was, they went out and I bought a Stratocaster. I tried a bunch and I fell in love with this red Strat um, and they just bought it for me right then and there. And that was like seven years ago. And I've used that for every recording, every gig at UMass, every, when I get called, when I've done like GB gigs or like my own stuff, like it doesn't matter what it is. That guitar is my most prized possession on the planet. That is like, and I don't name my guitars. I'm getting very sentimental, but I don't name them. I would never name my toaster. I, it's my, I you would never name your car either, right? No, I don't name my car. I name my car. I don't name my microwave. It's my called car. microwave. 97 Kronvik. It's like a couch on wheels, and its name is Tobias. You know what mine is? 2009 Kia Rio. That's silver. See, and, and that was empty. You felt yeah. the emptiness there because there was no name. I felt the emptiness because it's a car. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but... Nope. No. So, so that is my my thing is that uh, is that guitar that is my like most prized possession is like a, a 2011 uh, Stratocaster American Stratocaster, and I don't know all the specs about the pickups. Yeah, I know some of the stuff about. I never got deep into that stuff, um, but I just know that it's like it is my baby, and I have it set the way I want, and everything. It is like that is everything else will figure itself out. So I feel like as a singer, you end up in two different camps. You either have singers that know have nothing, like they don't own any equipment, they don't deal with it, and they just kind of show up and do their thing. 
And then you end up with singers who are pretty much in charge of like all the PA setup. Like I find that there's never like a, an in-between area. It's either like you have it all or you don't do anything. Um, and when I started gigging out, I, I, ha I ended up with all of it. And I think that came from my dad being a sound engineer. It was like, well, I got to have the stuff to do the sound thing because inherently any band I'm in, I end up running sound for. Yeah. Shocker. But um, yeah, I ended up with, so for a singer, the big thing for me is the mic. Speakers, I'm a little more flexible with. Um, PA boards, I'm semi-flexible with, but but the the microphone for me is the thing. And for me, it's it's an Audix Ohm 5. That is the one. Did you name that? I didn't. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess that was, yeah. I could, that was, that was. I don't a, know. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't have enough of a personality for me to do that. So I have the Ohm 5 and the Ohm 2. Okay. I have both. And then I've had, I've used a ton of them. Ohm 5 is the like every mic have has its own frequency feedback the strengths pickups whatever um dynamic variability at that point um ohm 5 i find for the female voice is really awesome in a way that certain other microphones aren't and i have the ohm 5 and the ohm 2 and i use the ohm 5 and i don't like the ohm 2 as much but the ohm 2 feeds back less so it's, it's weird. It's like a weird, it just is a certain sound. It captures a certain sound. Um, and for female vocalists, like when, when we set up for our, our rock program that we do, if I know that it's going to be female vocalists, I try and set up the, uh, the audixes because that is what captures their sound a little bit better. Um, but our, our, in the suitcases, everybody sang. So by the end, there was like almost six of us maybe. And I was the only female voice. So we ended up passing out a ton of Sennheisers. And those I love for guy voices. So I like having both on call because then if it's, like, it's just like covered. Good yeah. To go. I will say I am not necessarily 100% a fan of digital mixers over analog mixers. I'm not quite on that bandwagon yet. Okay. So I kind of feel that with pedals as well. There's a handful of digital. I am pretty firm in my life that like, with the exception of being a musician, which I feel like I really like being well-rounded, most things in my life, I like to do one thing and do one thing really well. Yep. And more often than not, digital effects do a lot of things. Analog effects will do one right. thing really, really, really well. Like I have an awesome analog delay. I've got, um, not the DD3, the, the, you know, I have another one. Um, so I have a bunch of stuff like that. Um, so yeah, but in general, I try to stay away from getting attached to gear because I like the idea of I want to show up to a gig with an awful 15 watt practice amp and right. be able to rock. So I've, and I've make yeah. like, it's like, yeah. boom, this so, is what I can do with this. These so I've, tools. Yeah. I've played shows with, with PA speakers. I played shows through whatever they'll run my guitar with. Um, but I, and, and I've done it with other guitars as well. But if I got, if I've got that strat, everything's going to be okay. So, Okay. Let's end with this, right? Here's a, a little bit of of a little bit of a. This is a surprise. I yeah, can't wait. I, I, I can't I, wait for this part. Okay. Do we dub this the Strumpler surprise? Yeah, this is <laughs> this is it. So, okay, off the top of your head, no thinking, which is why I want it to be a surprise. Oh boy. Least favorite song right now. Least favorite song. Least favorite uh, song. This shit is bananas. B a n a n a s. This stuff is. <laughs> 
Get that sensor. You no, you can't. Those, that's the lyrics. That's because, that's the lyrics. That's probably my least favorite song. Okay. Yeah. Followed by Jesse Mallon's entire musical collection. <laughs> Sorry, Jesse, if you're listening to this. So, so I would rank them right now. I would go. Ooh, that's tough. But "Wish You Were Here" by Pink Floyd. I love a lot of other Pink Floyd. Sorry, Jack. Uh, <laughs> "Work" by Rihanna. Oh yeah, that's like my Gwen Stefani one. It's I actually so like work that. Work, 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 so, work. Uh, it, I don't know any of the words. It just sounds like somebody threw a thin synth down a set of stairs. I'm yeah. Okay, fair. The lyrics are so bad, and it's not even the accent thing. Do you know the lyrics though? Yeah. Does anybody really know the lyrics? My life is like a Rihanna song. Work, 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 and I don't really know much about the rest. I like that. Okay. So then, and then number three is Jane says that song is trash. Wow. Okay. All right. Jane says. Ugh, F. If there's anything that makes me hit the radio to shut it off, it's that. <laughs> Just like it's so bad. And I used to have to play that every night when I when I first joined a band. And we did it for about two months, and then as soon as I joined the band, I like and I was like really in, and I had known the members, and we had done like like 20 gigs or so together. I pulled them aside and I was like, "This song is trash. I hate playing it. Can we replace it with anything else? We play for three hours. Like, can we do anything else?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." And you know what we did instead? Walking on sunshine. That's a jam. <laughs> oh my god. That's such a jam. Oh my god. All, All right. right. That seems like a good wrapping point. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Or you'll hear us next week. Good night.